3: don't
1: quit before the miracle happens
3: hey we're the defective characters three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery hey i'm mike
1: i'm dennis james here
3: the opinions are our own we don't represent any particular organization institution or fellowship today we'll be sharing our experience with forgiveness and recovery in this episode 14 the uh what, what do we want to call it guys the christmas Christmas party, since that's what we're having. It is. Yep, Secret Santa. <laughs> Defective characters. Let's go.
1: Woohoo! Happy holidays. Yeah.
3: How's it going, guys? I I love you this. You guys are all decked out.
1: I love that extra length you went with your costume and the the beard. Like James is Santa Claus today.
2: It's a little itchy, but I'm I'm in the spirit yeah. for sure.
3: Did you do that on purpose? Yes. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you go and walk out of the
2: house without this being on
3: purpose. Yeah, yeah. T was fine with you wearing this. Oh my goodness, it was an argument, but <laughs> I was able to forgive her. Did she, she have a Mrs. Claus outfit? No. No, mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs>
1: I, I <like> Christmas <laughs>
2: is coming up, though.
1: <laughs> I, I like how you didn't have to put a pillow in your stomach to get a jolly belly. Oh, You're not a jerk <laughs> at all. No, kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. That's that, not true. That Honestly,
3: that leads in perfect to what we want to talk about today, because there's a lot of people, uh, you know, you've already gone through, I mentioned earlier, the, uh, uh, the Bermuda Triangle of holidays, the first one being Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas coming up here in only a few short days. Um, There's a lot that if you're new in the program and you haven't done step nine, there's maybe not some uh, amends that you truly got to. And forgiveness is something that um, people not only have to accept that other people might not forgive you or forgive us for what we did, and also we have to forgive uh, ourselves and other people um, in recovery. So I want to bring that up with you guys. I'll start with you, Dennis, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, As far as... Uh, the kinds of forgiveness out there, what kinds are like easy for you to forgive? Like things that have happened that it, you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. That's not too difficult. Um,
1: for me, I think like one big thing is I, I have to remember to accept people as people, you know? So, like, you know, a lot of people get angry at people like driving in cars or like cut them off or don't go at the stop sign or whatever. And like this the kind of stuff that happens all the time and it's easy to get upset with because you know we we got places to go we got things to do we don't like people not doing what's supposed to be done and whatnot but i gotta remember that like we all do those kind of things you know so it's those little type of things that we all do you know i've accidentally cut people off before i've accidentally done stuff like this so like you know, it's you kind of accept life on life's terms. You 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 accept that people are going to do things that aren't necessarily what you want them to do. So you you either can get angry and let that build up like a snowball, or you know, accept it, forgive them instantly, and move on. And you don't have to carry that around. Did for you president. do that
3: before you were uh, in sobriety?
1: Um, Did it get easier? I think, me personally, I think I kind of came to that realization at a young age, you know, where I think before I ever got sober, it would be, um, you know, like accepting things. You know, if you drive a car at some point in time, someone's going to cut you off. Yeah. So, like, what's the use of getting mad? If you got mad at that every time, you'd be mad all the time. And I don't like being mad. So early on, I, I came to grips with that. Before sobriety, I think it was the hard, the harder stuff, the more Deep things, you know, where someone personally, like, hurt me or something. Or, like, the deep resentments with, like, my family and stuff. Those are harder to forgive, you know?
3: Yeah. James, as far as, uh, do you have anything to add on, the, like, the easy things to forgive? Like, what, kind, what kinds of things uh, are easier than, than harder?
2: Well, if someone stepped on my toe in the subway, I, you know, quickly, you know, first it's going to annoy me. Them and then to then forgive them. Yeah. Don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, not Little shame. stuff like that. Uh, easy things to forgive are when people do stuff not intentionally but it still bothers you. That's really quick to forgive. Uh, I'd like to also add that I believe there's, there's three types of forgiveness. There's the, the first type of forgiveness where like, you just want to forgive some, someone so it's not eating you up. Like, I forgive you. I don't want you to take space in my head. I believe there's a second type of forgiveness is when it's more like a religious forgiveness, like God wants me to forgive you, it's the right thing to do, so I forgive you. Then there's the third type of forgiveness, and I believe that is the true forgiveness that comes from love. You truly forgive someone because you love them and you want them to be free. You want you want to be free, and it comes from a place of loving. So. When I forgive someone for hurting me, I try to come from a place from love, from the third type do, of forgiveness. Do you
1: third type of forgive me for making the comment about your jelly jolly belly? That's I need what, to go to the gym. It's
2: not
3: fair. He's going to work, <laughs> he's gonna have to
1: work through that on the um, treadmill. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and maybe
3: also with your sponsor. You know, good recommendation. So um, I want to get personal with you guys because we've shared our stories before, but... Uh, there has to be one thing I I know for me there's a couple things but what one thing are you still struggling to forgive whether it's it could even be you it could even be something that you're having a tough time forgiving yourself like my sponsor initially when I was doing my four step he said so, you know some people put themselves on there you know and then you have to like forgive yourself and everything and Kind of make amends to yourself that you're going to the living amends. You're going to try to be better every single day, and put the bat down. But what what thing are you still struggling with to forgive? Could be a family member, a friend, um, you know, coworker. What's still difficult, if we're being honest?
1: Uh, for me, I, I think you know I've had a lot of hard things to like forgive and let go. The things that I had attached to me for. For all as long as i can remember pretty much but i think now in this in where i am now in my program in my spirituality i think the most difficult is probably myself every day you know it's it's like you know we have this expectation of what we should do how productive we are how far in life we should be what you know how we should react to things and we fall short of that naturally because we're we're not perfect we're human beings so it's, it's, you know, I can tend to, like, beat myself up or be depressed about it or, like, dwell on, on my uh, shortcomings or my mistakes or whatever. And I think I got to remind myself that, like, I truly am. Every day I wake up, I am doing the best I can, you know, and it's not going to be perfect. And I got to remember to forgive myself for that, allow myself to make mistakes so that I can learn from them and do better next time and stuff. So I think it's really the internal job is the hardest for me. You mm-hmm.
2: know? James? Yeah, I don't have any external issues with other people these days. In the past two years, I've just I've gone through my amends. I don't... No one really holds any space in my head, you know, and I do come from a place of lovingness. I'm on the same page as Dennis um, as far as myself. Um, you know, I've forgiven myself for, you know, my past. Um, the stuff that That still creeps up on me is my um, inferiority complex. Uh, Some a lot of times I don't feel good enough. I don't feel talented enough, and I don't feel like, you know, I deserve the blessings that I'm getting. And I don't know why. And I know God loves me, and I know that I deserve all these things. But um, it's it's been a struggle these past two years because my whole life, you know, I've always felt. Um, poor me Uh, um you know why not me what why am i not why am i not getting all the stuff that i deserve i don't know i'm kind of talking in circles here but um i think you understand where i'm coming from especially you dennis yeah
1: what about you mike
3: um i i'll be honest in the family continuously uh I've made, I've done many four steps on my mother and my, uh, my sister-in-law, and they still have a really uh, tough time. And my, mother, my mother-in-law, um, some of which, because my sister-in-law and mother-in-law both have issues with uh, alcohol. And my sister-in-law, actually, when she was a teenager, she got sent away to rehab and got put into a serious program that since there's been actually documentaries made because they would abuse the children and their minds and the place got shut down because it was so crazy. But uh, I know because she's had conversations with me about having resentment towards me um, not drinking anymore and being sober and her still struggling with it. You know, like when she has a lot of drinks, she'll get honest with me and be like, I wish I could do that, but I just can't. And that's because as I see it, she's her own higher power. You know, she doesn't have any spirituality in her life. And the reason that I'm saying that is because we grew up in the exact same area with the exact same beliefs. And that was me before I came into the rooms. And uh, she, she has a real tough time. She... Uh, holds me in a higher regard and expects that I'm going to drop everything and fly to the top of the country to see them and uh, sent me a text just a couple days ago that, that had me like spinning, but I know not to act on it, saying, am I, assu- am I as- to assume correctly that you're not going to be seeing your family for the holidays? And there's millions of ways that you can actually send a text. The thing with a text is, it is premeditated because you know how you say some stuff sometimes and then you're like, oh, that came out wrong. With a text, you have all day to sit there and make sure it's crafted just right. And I said to her that no, I'm not gonna be able to swing it financially to get up there. And she said, enjoy your annual passes to Disney. You know, yeah. saying that instead of, which is funny, because, you know, as we head into to Christmas, um, her saying that comment and then putting a slam on me, I have a tough time forgiving that because she doesn't check in on on my daughter or my family or my well-being at all. The last six months, she's completely cut me out, won't let me know how my nephews or family are doing, won't return a text or anything. This was really out of the blue. First time in three months that I even got a text from her, and she sends that. And um, you know, and it's my, really tough.
2: I don't mean to interrupt, but it, sometimes when I'm in a, a fit of rage, like I'll text and and then I'll press send and then I'll go back and look at it and just be like oh my I can't believe I sent that. Mm. So it's very possible to send texts without even thinking about it. Yeah. Because yeah, that's you know true. it's cuz I've done that so many times.
3: I've just there's been so much back and forth the last 18 years of a relationship between myself and her. Uh, you know, she couldn't it's funny. She couldn't stand me when I was drinking. And then I stopped drinking and then she really couldn't stand me. You know, she had a real tough time. So Uh, the forgiveness that i have is uh it's a it's a daily struggle and i'll say it's a struggle because it does i don't think it comes naturally to alcoholics you know it's you have to make a repetition and every day
1: i think like one way that we could look at this is is let's try to you know i don't want to say play devil's advocate but like Mm -hmm. let's take the other side for a little bit and like let's try to look at it from her perspective. Like, I don't know her. I don't know your relationship yeah, yeah. with her You anything. don't have to wear the devil horns. But, so. yeah. Take them off. Right? Okay, take okay I'll off. take them off. Okay, I put my halo on. Yeah. But, um. You really like, did come prepared. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a <laughs> suitcase full of costumes. <laughs> what can I say?
3: Is that your Santa suit? <laughs>
1: I let him borrow it. Yeah, that's why, it's
3: that's why snug. it looks like that. It's snug.
1: <laughs> it is snug. It is that's snug. The buttons Sherwin are about Williams. to pop out. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Slim Jim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, like, like, like you said, she's having struggling with her uh, own addictions or whatever. So, like, you look at her and she's sick. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. she's looking at you on the other side of the country in sunny Florida, like living a good life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you had a new child, you're, you've got a, a good job, you've got friends, you've got fellowship, and you're sober and yeah. you're happy. So there's a little bit of jealousy that would naturally dwell up from that. You know what I'm saying? So she doesn't have a way to deal with everything like yeah. you do. So she's she's suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, she has no other way to react, you know?
3: Yeah. Um so as far as, like, you guys and what you're dealing with forgiveness-wise, I guess it pr- primarily uh, being forgiving yourself and everything else. As far as that forgiveness goes, uh, why is that so important in your recovery, to forgive yourself and that?
1: I know, oh, I think, tennis. like, for me, I... I I've dealt with a lot of depression in my life, you know, and, and anxieties and, and that's all internal stuff. And, you know, it's that constant feeling of not being good enough, not being, uh, not doing a well enough job, not being in all of this stuff. And it weighs on you. It makes like difficult. A lot of times we'll like grab a drink or a drug to like get rid of those feelings or whatever and just not care about it or whatever so I have to like forgive myself and let that stuff go so that I'm not beating myself up because if I'm sitting like isolating in my room you know having the pity party and beating myself up and stuff I'm not productive to anyone especially not to myself or anyone around me and it just makes things worse. so the first step is is I gotta stop you know I gotta treat myself how I treat my best friends and stuff you know I gotta be kind to myself and that way I'm able to get out and live a life and be kind, you know, and, and help others, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, Hi, I'm James. Hi, James. (laughs) Where, where'd you go? Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) So this is where the steps come in beautifully because they are designed to get rid of all that baggage, that bag of bricks that's been weighing you down since you were a child, all that crap that you did, that you think that no one will forgive, well, all you have to do is tell another soul about it. Get it out. And once it's out, you can begin the healing process. And for me, that took a long time. I was so full of shame and guilt for all the crap that I had done in my life. But what I found out is when I released it, you know, I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only one who did this stuff. I remember myself, I remember my. Is that it? Is that it? I was like, yeah, that's bad stuff. He's like, not really. You sound like you're an alcoholic. And that right there was a little freeing. I remember um, um, after I did my my fifth step, I remember I was going to church uh, with my wife, and I I remember stopping at the doors, and I I couldn't walk in because I still felt shameful, even after I did my fifth step. And during this time... My, my wife I didn't say anything to her, but I stopped and I, I didn't go in. She turned around and she she looked at me in the eye and she said, You know you're forgiven, right? And I was it was like as God was talking to me. It was the weirdest thing. And that was like the second part where I was just like, I feel I really felt this this forgiveness, this this sense of relief for the stuff I'd done. And then from that moment on I, I I've never really felt the same. I really truly forgive myself, forgave myself, and was able to start a new life, and not do that stuff any anymore. You know, I could really, you know, that stuff's in the past. I'll, what I have is the present moment I have today, and I choose to be integral today and to, you know, keep my word, and just do the be, and just do the best I can. So it's, it's easy off when you've gone through the crap and you can come out the other side.
3: Yeah, I think. Um... By the way, it's it's Mike, alcoholic. Hi, Since Mike. James is- Mike, <laughs> <laughs> you got a haircut. Imagine we do that every single time? <laughs> um, I, I would say is I would say is forgiveness. I know for a fact, if I do, if I just sit in uh, in hate, and there are some days where I'm just fuming. Like if I get a text or a conversation or something goes wrong. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let I'll let it go if somebody cuts me off or anything else like driving around. That's fine, but if somebody, um, as I see it, sets to do me wrong, I um, make sure that I focus on the principles and look at the things that uh, that uh, look at what my part is and, and, and the, uh, uh the moment of forgiveness that I was struggling with most recently, it's really important for me to see my part in it. And I do, and I do know my family. Because my family goes, hey, I would be jealous out the heck if I was dealing with awful snow, awful weather, and my family was someplace where they're complaining because it's 50 degrees outside. When really, you know, the, the opposite is, well, it could be 10 you know, you could actually have a bunch of snow that you have to shovel.
2: It was 49 this yeah, morning. Yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> and you Floridians are like, isn't that great? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, there's no way. But, uh, like, we're, uh, we're really, I, I look at it like I'm incredibly grateful that I have a program that can tell me that uh, I, can, I can sit in the, the pain or I can actually do some action and and not let it bother me and and i tried the whole action before of actually reaching out and having a conversation and saying i feel this way and uh, i know that that hasn't worked so instead i pray i meditate and i just try to uh, do the next right thing you know so instead of shutting off and saying i'm not going to talk to my family anymore even though that might be what i want to do i'll just put some time in between and then i will move forward um and I think that's that's important to a lot of uh, alcoholics because uh, some of the family relationships, they you know, they share in our home group. Some some guys that have a lot of sobriety, their families still don't talk to them after all these years. Um, and you think, what well, could be so bad that a child wouldn't talk to their you know their parent? And you know, we weren't we weren't a part of that. You know, we weren't in that relationship, but if it gets so bad, it only has to be that bad today. You know, we don't know how uh, how long it's going to be that way. You know, as as it goes. Uh, I want to bring this up to you, Dennis. Okay. As far as withholding forgiveness, is that a threat to sobriety? Anything that you you had um, to deal with.
1: I th- I think so, I think it could be, um, I think, I'll tell a story, like the hardest thing that I ever had to forgive was probably my father, you know, like, my father was like a workaholic, so the only time that I saw him was when I was getting disciplined, so he, to me, he was that authoritarian father that I was always yelling at me or getting me in trouble or whatever, and so there was a resentment that I had for for years, you know, for since as far as I can remember. And, uh, you know, like even after I moved out of the house or whatever, I'd see him on Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. We would even like not say a word to each other, not even say hi or whatever and whatnot. So this relationship was pretty much in my perspective non-existence. Um, you know once i was like 27 i ended up moving back in with my parents because you know i was in active addiction that's when my anxiety really started picking up and stuff like that and uh so i moved back in with them and it there was always that kind of still that same resentment kind of resurfaced where i would be like um like i'd see him and it would just that was that core feeling like er mm. or whatever um luckily over the course of these 10 years, our relationship has gotten better. Like, he's still not one to say, like, I love you or something like that. But, like, you know, coming into the program, working the steps, it's kind of, like, opened my eyes that there's other ways that he is showing me that he cares, even if he's not, you know, saying I love you or whatever. You know, like, if I leave the house or whatever, he'll say, you know, uh, be safe or, like, you know, drive safe or, or whatever. And... You know, that's a sign that says, like, he cares, you know. And then I come to the realization that, like, he's let me live in his house. Even through my worst times when I was, like, couch ridden and stuff like that, he let me stay there. And, like, mm-hmm. if you don't care about someone, you don't do that, you know. So it's, it's I kind of learned to interpret it, things like that. And then I, I come to the realization that he's a human being that's flawed, not perfect, that has his own stuff that he deals with, his fears and everything else. So I have to accept them as a person and forgive them. If if we don't, you know, come to grips with that and start forgiving people, then all of that stuff just continues to build. That anger and and those emotions and that circus in our head just builds and builds and builds. And eventually it'll build to where we drink or drug or something to get rid of that because we're not dealing with it. And so I think it's it's vitally important to be able to for your own peace of mind and your own life is to to learn to forgive and learn to forgive when people don't apologize. Learn to forgive if people don't change, you know, because it's for your own peace of mind.
3: James. Welcome. Welcome back.
2: I just want to say I love you, Dennis.
1: Oh, you forgive me for the oh, joker. Yeah. and I got
2: someone else who says they love you too. Hold
1: on. Oh, oh, oh. It's Santa Claus. Wow. Hello, Dennis. Hi, Santa. I forgive
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's one person like, say, <laughs> that bought any of that. By the way, that was James. In case, like the one person's like, holy crap,
1: Santa's they, got, really they there?
3: got contacts in AA, huh? You <laughs> forgave <laughs> 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 That's awful. I'm sorry
1: <laughs> I ate all the cookies, Santa. Li-
3: leave it to you guys to make something that's so serious. <laughs> if you think we follow rule 62, you'll be right. Yeah, yeah. That, w- that we do. Uh, no, what about you, James? So... Have you ever, uh, maybe before you came into the room, said you have trouble with forgiveness, it was a threat to sobriety. Do you think that maybe uh, held you up into actually, you know, uh, starting to work these steps?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, for years, I um, was in and out of the program, and I would use any, any action against me, um, any threat, any, my ex Um, Whenever she would get mad at me for coming home late or just threatening my livelihood or threatening my comfortability, you know, that was just, I would just go drink. It didn't matter. Like, when I was mad, I would go drink. Um, When I was upset, you know, I could not stay sober. And I would use any excuse of any kind of, you know, people being mean to me, especially the people closest to me, to drink. Um... As for me, today, now, there is a piece that I have, and I, I, I will forgive people because I cannot let them affect my sobriety, and I choose not to today. So I've been on both sides of the coin, if you will.
3: Yeah, I, um, I mean, I would honestly keep a running tally in my head of the people that did me wrong and the things that I was mad at before I came into the program. And I would, I would, I mentioned this before, like one of those abacuses with, or abacai, is that if it's more than an one abacus? abacus? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but if it's more than one, is it an abac- sure. abacai? Sure. We can call abacuses? it abacuses. Like, like cacti? What, huh? <laughs> yeah, like cacti. I would keep a running tally and I would say, that's a drink, that's a drink. So everything that really pissed me off, I would, uh, I would do that and I, I wouldn't forgive them. And I would even remember it the next time and be like, oh, that last thing that they did last time, I'm going to count that to today. And, uh, and now I see that and I uh, really swap it out for usually prayers at the end of the night and, and, uh, and things that I'm grateful for to, uh, to thank my higher power for being with me. And I wanted to bring up spirituality to kind of close this out. Cause I think that's, uh, I know for me, the, the underlying, uh, I would say number one tool that I have in my tool bag that helps me with forgiveness uh, is spirituality and having a higher power that helps me get through any issue uh, that I might have. So wh- like, what part of the program helps you with forgiveness and how is it connected to spirituality, Dennis?
1: Um, I don't know. Okay. Okay. It's going to know. <laughs> this,
3: this be a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, part of the
2: program that helps me – forgive people is uh definitely the steps um through um the the fourth step and the fifth step i was able to uh write down all my resentments and through that i was able to write down their names and and i was also able to find out you know my part in everything and a lot of times i didn't think there was a james part but there sure was and um um by just talking that out through the program i was able to truly forgive those people for all the harms that is, has been done to me and in return go out and, and forgive others you know
1: yeah i think like also i you mentioned the steps is i would point out like step nine you know like step nine could be one of the scariest things to do where you got to go to people you've wronged and apologize and make your amends to them and stuff and it's scary and but like in doing that i know when i made amends to my parents like both i did it separately both my mom and my dad and i was scared to do it or whatever but i did it anyways and i apologize and like my they both pretty much said the same thing and it's like you know it wasn't that bad you know keep on doing what you're doing and and it's like in my mind, and in I think in objective reality as well, is like I put my parents through hell. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I've done pretty much every bad thing you can think of to them. And um, you know, and, and if so, if all the years of, of putting them through shit, they were able to forgive me that easily. Then I can do that to people who've done less than me, and sometimes even worse. You know? And I think, you know, James mentioned the forgiveness from God and stuff like that. If I if I truly have uh, a higher power who is able to forgive unconditionally and stuff like I should at least strive for that yeah. you know and I think that it's 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 an example of our parents and you know our spiritual father you mm-hmm. know
3: when I uh, there was a spiritual moment that happened with me that was uh, I mean it still gives me goosebumps when I was doing my uh, ninth step and making my amends to my father-in-law who was my boss at the time. So I actually knew him before I even knew my wife because he was my boss and he knew that I was new to town in Burlington, Vermont, was like, hey, you know who would be perfect to show you around town? My daughter. And was like, you guys should go out and have a good time. So we, we started dating and he was all for it. But he came from two parents that were alcoholics. His dad would... Take him and his brother to the Elks Lodge and leave them in the car and be drinking inside for hours on end. And then eventually somebody at the bar at the Elks Club would end up calling his older sisters that were 10 years older and were like, hey, we'll go and, you know, call her and she'll come and take you guys home because dad's too drunk. So he came from a house that he was around alcoholics all the time. So he didn't uh, realize some of the things that I was doing because it was almost like natural to him. Yeah, it was you know? he, he was He enabled and that's why my mother-in-law struggles with things and he's in a situation where he doesn't do anything. So when I was making my 9-step amends, I said to my sponsor, I said, you know, do I do it at work? And he said, no, don't do it at work. It'll just, it'll just come. It'll just happen. And we had a good work relationship, but I would always say to myself when I was still drinking, like, he wronged me. He didn't give me a raise. He's making me work all these hours. He's doing all this stuff. So the hate that I had for him was unreal, and I took that out on my wife and was just awful to her. And saying, because, you know, often... Spouses will complain about their boss if their boss is a jerk, but I really couldn't do that because my boss was also her dad, and it was uh, it was a sticky situation, and I had to make my immense apologizing for the abuse, the verbal abuse that I put his daughter through, and it happened in such a way where there was a a coworker of ours whose mother passed away, and me and my father-in-law were driving to the funeral and I'm like oh maybe I can do it now but my mother-in-law was also in the car and my sponsor said you know you want to do it separately you don't want to do it together and and we pulled up we pulled up the church where they were having uh the I was gonna say ceremony but were they having like the wake and we got the time wrong and it was uh we showed up 30 minutes early And my mother-in-law got out of the car because she had to use the restroom and she had to leave. So it was just my father-in-law and me. And I sat there and I apologized for what I did. And he was blown away because he didn't, I mean, he came from alcoholic parents that weren't in the program. So an actual amends and an apology that actually is like real uh, surprised him. And I kid you not, uh, as soon as I apologized and everything else, a day that was cloudy and rainy, literally the sun came out. It was great. And as soon as I was done, my mother in law actually got back into the car. It was like 15 minutes of making an amends. And he was surprised that any of it actually happened because he didn't know, because my wife wasn't like, oh, yeah, Mike's doing all this stuff. You know, he's saying all this. So he was kind of blown away and he said, well, I didn't know any of that was happening. I appreciate the apology and the living amends that you're working on it to make sure that it doesn't happen again. But like the timing of forgiveness and making it amends, I, I do believe will actually show itself. You know, So if you're new in the program and you're stressing out, oh, when am I going to find time for this or that? I do think that there will be a time that carves itself out and that's the universe actually working on your behalf because you're working on yourself, you know. That's that's what I've found in it. Do you guys have anything to say to the the newcomers?
1: Well, I want I want to just add that like we haven't mentioned that we have a beautiful live tree in our studio today. It's, it's a Christmas tree. It is. It was it just was, in
3: case you're like, oh, what kind of a tree was it? It, it
1: has the lights on it and everything. It was donated by um, my sponsor, Mike M. It's beautiful. We call him Eminem. No, we don't. I know. know. That's stupid. Oh, look who showed up. Hey, Hey, Mike M. Hey,
2: guys. Don't be shy. Come on in.
1: Do you like his Santa outfit? Hey, Santa.
2: Happy holidays, everybody. It's a nice
0: chilly day, too.
1: It is. beautiful. (laughs) Go up to 70, though. Uh, Welcome to Florida.
3: Mike, do you have anything to add? We're talking about forgiveness today. Yeah, I
0: I'll quickly just I only have a minute here guys as you know I do another podcast.
2: Mike, and, speak uh, into the mic. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> that's my name.
0: Um I got a quick story I'll just tell you about forgiveness. It's um it's the ninth step and as a newcomer, you know, I stayed on the eighth eight step for so long because I didn't want to do the ninth step. So, but that's another story. But what happened to me was I really put off the ninth step. I kind of squeezed everything I could out of the fourth and fifth step for a few months. And then eventually I realized, you know, if I'm going to do this thing, I might as well do it all because I want all the benefits. You know, I don't, I don't want to just stay sober here. You know, I want to be as free as possible. And someone told me one time, the ninth step is, is the freeing step. Um, and it starts with forgiveness first. I have to forgive myself and then I have to take that list from the fourth step and I have to start forgiving and cleaning up, you know, the other sidewalk, um, a little bit as best I can. So anyways, my sponsor told me to do this. He said, why don't you go and start with your mom? And I was like, oh gosh, you know, she lives right down the street and we live in celebration, this town and everyone kind of, it's really close knit and my, a lot of my family lives here. So I walk over to her house and I took my sponsor's direction. He said, what you do is keep it really simple. He says, mom, something along these lines, mom, how can I be a better son? And that's it. Don't talk about all the stuff you did. This is not about bringing up the past. This is about the present and about the future. Um, a living amend, so to speak. So anyways, I walk into the house and I'm like, you know, I said, mom, I said, you know, um, I'm doing these steps. And one of them is the ninth step. And she's like, oh, the ninth step. She's like, hang on a second. Is that the one where you have to tell your spouse? I said, no, to your no, sponsor. No, no, I said, no, no, no. no, no. no. She's like, well, which one is it? And I said, well, it's the one where you, you know, apologize for the things that, you know, we've done in our past. And she's like, oh, that's, hang on a second. Let me get your, let me get your father and I'll make some coffee. (laughs) So this little short amends turned into this little ordeal and she put coffee on and my dad came from outside or whatever. And, but I basically said this, I just said, you know, how can I be a better son? I'm sorry for all the stuff I did. How can I be a better son? And they actually had some suggestions. And one of the suggestions my mom had, this is uh, kind of a long time ago, it seems like now, probably seven years ago or something. Um, She said, you know, I think you could, since you live so close, you could stop by more often. And you know what? Ever since then, I have stopped by more often. I try to stop by there once a day. You know, I'm not saying that you need to do that, but this is just my story in my experience living right next door. Why? You know, how hard is it to cut that way and cut through their house and say hi? And that's what I've done. Living amends is so important, you know. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry doesn't cut it anymore. I have to I have to take the action. I have to kind of grow up, really. And I and the other thing, too, about forgiveness in the ninth step is it, it's not supposed to be easy. So whenever I'm in a day where something comes up and i can be this person that might need to apologize later and i know i need to because i'm in a program of recovery i tend to pause a little bit longer you know there's an old saying is it true is it kind is it better left unsaid when i work that filter what happens is when the 10th step at night comes that review comes all of a sudden i don't really have that many apologies and this is why i just need to do the steps one time one time if i really keep a an honest 10th step so forgiveness is the future, you know, if I let them off the hook, guess what happens? I'm off the hook. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Thanks.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's. I think that's a perfect way to close that out. I know we do have uh, some uh, some holiday grub to actually have. Everybody that's uh, and eggnog. Yeah. So everybody that's celebrating, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas, it is the uh, the holiday season. So forgive yourself. Forgive those people that. uh you know you're having a tough time with and have a good holiday i think you definitely deserve it love more yeah that's awfully nice uh we will be back next thursday sharing our experience strength and hope with you on episode 15 where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed remember acceptance the key to happiness so we'll see you next time james here rudolph here Uh No, that's, (laughs) I don't know if you guys know how this works. Oh, we're doing it wrong. (laughs) Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.